You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero. So glad to have with us here on the Leadership Lowdown, Wayne Lynn. He is the Director of Electric Transmission, Distribution, Engineering, and Operations at the Lansing Board of Water and Light. That fits on a 3x5 business card. Uh, so, Wayne, we're just glad to have you here. Thanks so much for taking time away from your busy schedule. I'm excited, and I appreciate you inviting me. Well, and it's not easy to get somebody that is as busy as you uh, to take some time out to be a part of this show. But you have a lot of different uh, things that you oversight, a lot of different things that have happened in your life that we can't wait to spend some time to hear about. One of the things we're going to hear about further into the show is your role as chairman of the Turning Point of Lansing. And we want to hear about that. But you're chairman of the board for that organization as well. Don't know how you do it, but you seem to fit it all in. And so we're glad you're with us. So those that are tuning in and aren't familiar with the Lansing Board of Water and Light, I'll let you give the brief explanation of what that organization is all about if they're not from Lansing. Absolutely. We are the municipal utility. We serve about 95,000 electric customers and about 60,000 water customers. We have our own transmission system. We have several generating stations, one of which we're building a half a billion dollar natural gas plant should be coming online later on in the year, along with another gas plant that we have. And we're going to be decommissioning one of our coal plants. We have a very vast distribution system that we actually serve the greater Lansing area, several of the townships around the Lansing area as well. You really are part of what I think, I don't want to overstate this, but I've always heard that the Lansing Board of Water and Light is a bit of a national treasure when it comes to success in the the kind of organization it is. Can you brag about that for a little bit for us? Because I think that's true, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Although we had our issues with the ice storm like everybody else. Oh, sure. But since then, we've done a great job with our vegetation management system. We've enjoyed an outage management process that has kept the lights on, basically, in this city for most the majority of our customers. We have one of the most impressive water quality operations here in the state. You remember all the things that went on with Flint. We never had that kind of a problem because we got out in front of it very quickly and very early and started changing out those um, areas and services that were causing problems for customers or that would have been causing problems for customers. So we're really proud of what we've done. We have a great customer service team that serves our customers. And I think most of the people that touch base with our organization are very pleased. I think one of the most impressive pieces of the Board of Water and Light is its community outreach. We are definitely hometown people, hometown power. That is our slogan. (laughs) We go above and beyond to make sure that people feel comfortable, not only just receiving our power, but also accessing our systems, dealing with our people, even our linemen and meter readers and people that are out there, although we don't have meter readers anymore because we've gone to smart meters. But as people touch base with our organization, we go above and beyond to make sure that it's a pleasant opportunity and it's a pleasant interaction because we, I think our community activity and our interaction I think is just stellar. Yeah. Well, and it's all about the people and everything else that uh, make organizations special. But I have to tell you, I'm thinking, as you were talking about all that, Wayne, I was thinking, oh my goodness, you know, if you ever want a thankless job, think about the guy that's got to just keep your lights on. Because when you hit the switch, you expect them to come on. And if they come on, you don't take a moment to say, oh, praise the Lord, we got lights on. You, you, It doesn't really matter until it's not working. And then, boy, does it matter. So a guy with your title and responsibility, you know that good and well, don't you? 
Absolutely. From every street light to every light in somebody's house. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask, how many years uh, have you been at the Lansing Board of Water and Light? I've only been with the Lansing Board of Water and Light 11 years, but I've been in the electric utility world for almost 34 years. Wow. I started out in South Carolina where I worked with South Carolina Electric and Gas Company, and then I moved here and I've worked with Consumers Energy. I went to Chicago and I've worked with Exelon and Commonwealth Edison and in Philadelphia with Philadelphia Electric Company came back to consumers, and now I'm here at a municipality with the Board of Water and Light. So I've been in and around utilities my entire professional life. Mm. Well, and isn't it a fortunate thing to have that type of experience to come home to roost here in Lansing and right here in Michigan to be a part of something as special as that and doing something as important as that? Wayne, there's so much we have to ask you and talk about some of the challenges in your world and also some of the special projects that you're involved with. But the project you're involved with right now is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. So glad you tuned in. We're going to pay some bills and come right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman. In this past year, the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. You found the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verser, and so glad you joined us, and so glad we have with us today Wayne Lynn. He's the Director of Electric Transmission Distribution Engineering and Operations at the Lansing Board of Water and Light. And, of course, you know, Wayne, you talked about the journey that brought you to the Lansing Board of Water and Light. Tell me about those decisions. I'm making an assumption you have a family that's moved with you and you've made some changes along the way. Tell me what are some of the things that brought you to Michigan? Well, it, it was a very interesting transport, if you will. I'm born and raised in South Carolina. I went to the University of South Carolina, and I started working at South Carolina Electric and Gas Company. It was very ingrained in the community there. I enjoyed the community that I grew up in. All of my family is in the South Carolina area, and at that time, my mom and dad were there. They've, they've passed on since then. But it, it was interesting. With my association with different engineering organizations across the country, I guess my name got part of a, a database that I had a recruiter call me mm-hmm. and ask me to consider coming to a larger utility. Very good job. It was a very major expansion. Yeah, role. that must have felt good. Oh, it went very well until they told me it was Michigan. <laughs> Did you see some Michigan? That sounds I'm cold. Like, Are you kidding me? I've never seen snow before. I mean, <laughs> I said, doesn't it snow up there? Yeah, a lot. 
But nevertheless, my wife and I talked more so than she uh, put my arm behind my back and, and, and forced <laughs> me to take the interview. So I flew here, and it was interesting because it was in the month of March, and when you know anything about March in South Carolina, it was like 70 degrees. I got here, it was like 25 and snowing. Yeah, well, so it was a balmy, warm day then. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, I went through the interview, and it was intriguing. It was new. I knew nobody here. I didn't know the community. I had never been in this part of the country. And to make a long story short, God blessed me with being in a community that was not only inviting, but very encouraging. I was allowed to grow, me, my wife, and my three daughters, uh -huh. all of which were under the age of six oh. or seven at the time. We made that journey, and we became part of this community, joined a wonderful church where now I serve as the chairman of our deacon's ministry as well. So God has really blessed me to make this migration. And I think professionally, one of the things that was the most significant in my change from South Carolina here was unions. I never had as much interactions with labor as I do now. Yeah. Because in South Carolina, the labor force was not nearly as significant. And so um, that, that was a major, not only just the weather and how you operate a utility in this kind of weather versus the weather down south, the labor was another very significant change for me. Well, and isn't that interesting? You know, uh, prior to that phone call from the recruiter, you're going along thinking the world is fine, and all of a sudden your world is completely changed, maybe in a good way, but you weren't sure. You did a little bit of leap of faith thinking, is this the right thing? And you brought your family, which is always the big pressure, I think, in people that are making career decisions. How does it impact the rest of the people that I really truly love and care about? So, well, that's to our benefit that got you here. And I guess uh, when you think about taking on your duties, did you have this or a very similar title when you came up for the first time right at get-go? No, I was a first-level manager and with an operations team down in South Carolina. So the job that I did come up here and take initially with Consumers Energy was a larger-scale manager that had a lot more reportees, a lot more direct reports, rather, and a lot larger organization with a lot more land base of operations. Yeah. So it was at least four or five times larger than the organization that I was a part of and mm. I was responsible for back in South Carolina. It was a sea change. When you do that and you make that kind of change, were there any lessons that you learned coming into something that, that much larger than what you were used to, uh, first items that you had to address? Absolutely. And this is what I tell leaders all the time when you come into a totally different professional environment. First of all, you must become, before you change culture, before you make any changes, you have to be a student of the mm. One of the things that I learned very quickly was how decisions were made, what influenced decisions, what were the major issues that caught the attention of not only leadership, but of the people as well. Yeah. And how did people respond to the way communications was handled? I mean, communications is probably by far the most prioritized aspect of leadership. I say prioritized because, you know, leaders, we always have to manage priorities. But when you look at all your priorities, how you communicate, what you communicate, how often you communicate, the quality of your communication, it is always a priority, particularly 
when you're in a fresh environment that you're just trying to get your arms around. Absolutely. Boy, Wayne, I want to go deeper into the communication issue when we get back from this next break. I think that's a goldmine of information you just shared with us. And we're going to take a quick break right now here on the Michigan Business Network. You've listened to Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versal. We'll be right back. Air has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown here with Wayne Lynn, the Director of Electric Transmission Distribution Engineering and Operations for the Lansing Board of Water and Light. And you know, Wayne, when we were talking in this last segment, you got into the issue of communication. I was so excited to hear you talk about that because I think about some of the challenges that I personally have had in business, and I think about some of the challenges I run into when I'm consulting and working with other organizations. I find that communications and the way they're doing it is really a massive part of the issues they're dealing with. Can you spend some time with us helping us understand how you came into the operation and you took a listening ear, which a lot of people don't always think that's communication, but that's where it starts is listening. And then, of course, trying to get that word out. So it it builds culture. It builds, I think, overall support of where the organization's going. There's so many good things that can happen from communication. Give me some more of your thoughts on that because I think you've got a lot to say. Absolutely. Communications, I think, comes first, it comes hand in hand with education. Because if you are a leader and you are aiming to be a communicative leader and you want to make sure that people understand your vision, your passion, your priorities, you need to spend some time being educated around what's important to them as well. So you can figure out how to align the things you want to convey with things that they already understand and appreciate. I call it leveraging communication. It's a leveraging aspect of things where you're not giving them something totally new because people tend to shy away from things that are just brand spanking new. But if you hinge it to something they've already been accustomed to and something that you know is passionate in their minds, it flows a lot better. Yeah, yeah. The other thing about communication is that it's somewhat situational. You've got to have some level of flexibility in how you communicate. For example, if you walk into a room thinking that you're going to be having a very instructive, a very one-way discussion, but then find out that it makes more sense because the landscape of the room that you might want to make it a little bit more interactive if it's appropriate, just to enhance the level of comprehension in your communication. Yeah. You have to be willing to make that shift. And the other thing that I just mentioned is part of comprehension. Communication is no good if people don't understand. Mm. I mean, one of the things that I do as an operational and a technical leader is that it is very important that what I say is understood, <laughs> sometimes down to the detail. 
Because if things are not understood, bad things can happen. Things can get broken, and ultimately people may die. So making sure that you are comprehensive, that you're very thorough, but that you're not too complicated, where people walk away still trying to figure out what you try to convey. Wayne, I think that's such a good point. In business, I've been in a spot where I'm talking, and everybody's looking at me, and they're listening, I think. But what they're hearing, it could be different. And there was a cool exercise that I thought was really great. One time our training team got together and they had 10 of us at a table and they said, okay, here's a word. And they gave us the word farm. And I want you to write 10 words that you think of when you hear the word farm. And when it was all said and done, that's 100 words, right? The 10 of us had had 10 words. We had 100 words. And when it was all said and done, Wayne, there were three words that actually were the same on everybody's list. The rest of them were way out there with their interpretation of what comes to mind when you think about the word farm. And I think that's when you're in a leadership position, especially yours, with life's on the line and entire cities relying on what you guys do next and how different that is. So I love what you just said there about making sure that you're accurate and people are hearing what you had to say. That's powerful. And the last thing I'll say about communication is it has to be very strategically frequent. And when I say strategically frequent, you got to make sure that you get the biggest bang for your buck. So when you want to communicate, you want to make sure that you're communicating in the right space at the right time. That's the strategy. And the frequent is don't be afraid to say some of the most important things that you want people to understand more often. And that becomes a template. That becomes an expectation. And it's okay as a leader to be predictable because you (laughs) want people to be able to appreciate that you do have a standard, that you have a certain level of quality, and that becomes the template. And that becomes the predictability of what they see in you and your leadership and ultimately your communication. Man, I love that, Wayne. You're the lighthouse in a storm, and it's because you're predictable. Everybody knows where to look, and when they see and understand what you're communicating, great things can happen. And great things are happening right here on the Leadership Lowdown, because we've got Wayne Lynn with us right here on the Michigan Business Network. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for being a part of the show. We're going to be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm your humble host, Vic Versero, taking all kinds of notes from Wayne Lynn, the Director of Electric Transmission, Distribution, Engineering, and Operations for the Lansing Board of Water and Light. And Wayne, I'm so excited to hear you talk in that last segment about communication and some of the details that go with it. I made the analogy just before we closed out 
about uh, Lighthouse. So when everybody is running around trying to figure out what should be done, they know what the leadership wants and is uh, taught and led. So there's a lot of clarity in the midst of maybe a storm. And so no pun intended, uh, you guys deal with a lot of things that create chaos by no fault of your own. You've got to be able to deal with that. So tell me, communication got to take on a little different note when a storm hits or when you've got lots of outages, all hands on deck. Tell me about your world and communication when that happens. That's a very good point. And when you mentioned the lighthouse, the only thing I could think about is when the lights are out. Um, typically, <laughs> I am the throat, the choke when it comes to that point. Oh, no. <laughs> but seriously, though, I think that communications is a very big part of emergency response and dealing with emergencies. Because how a leader positions themselves, their composure and the tenor of their communication is very important. For example, when the lights are on and everything's good, I may very well be a very interactive communicator, getting people's feedback and making sure that I'm hearing and listening. In a storm or in a emergency situation, I may become a lot more directive. There may not be a lot of conversation. I may have to give direction because right now it's time to get things done. It's time to make sure people are clear that there's no confusion and that you might have to say the same thing over and over again, very directively yeah. during, during an emergency situation. It's almost like getting your family out of the house in a fire. It's like there's no time to have a conversation. <laughs> it's time to go. And everybody's going out the back door, not, yeah. the, front, not the side, not over the deck. It's out the back because, <laughs> you know, you have to make sure everybody is safe. And everybody's on the same page. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. It's like, you know, Dad yelled at me. Wait a minute. No, Dad saved your life. And when you've got a city without lights and without heat and all the other things that go with this, you've got a problem and everybody wants a leader. But I think you said something, Wayne. I want to circle back because this is really cool stuff. You are an engaging leader in the calm. And I think that's what's so important because when the chaos comes, they know who you are. They understand who you are. They understand what your values and principles are because when there's a coachable moment in that calm, it's there. And when the chaos strikes, there's confidence in the leadership, right? You could not have said that better because I was going to interrupt you when you said something about the son saying dad yelled at me. That won't happen if dad has made it really clear through in the calm of what the whole plan is. And so communication during a chaotic situation is leveraged from the interactive and the participatory and the collaborative communication that has happened prior to the storm. Mm -hmm. And that way you don't have people feeling insulted and people feeling, you know, upset because they have confidence that what you're saying has already, they've heard it before. Yeah, You help them anticipate. One of the things that's very important to emergent communication is non-emergent communication. It all works together. You can't become this very directive, point-and-shoot, command-and-control kind of person out of the blue. It has to be coupled with people understanding who you are, having understood and comprehended your value, know what you're trying to accomplish, appreciate your strategy, so when it's time to execute 
and they've already understood that there was going to be an execution of the command and control as well, because you've already talked about it. Yeah, That's part right. of the communication prior to the storm. And that way, nobody feels upset that now it's not time for a conference call. It's not time for a debate. It's time now to get direction. Well, Wayne, what you're reminding me of is that, look, none of this is by accident. This is very purpose-driven in terms of the way you're communicating and the way you want reactions in the eye of the storm, right? So you obviously have given thought to this, and it isn't as though you end up somewhere and go, wow, that worked out well. It's because you planned it to work out well. Even in my ministry, I say you have to be very intentional. It's intentional leadership. It's intentional ministry. You've got to have a purpose, and you've got to have a goal, and you've got to have a plan. And then you've got to educate and communicate. You've got to bring people along so that at the end of the day or in the heat of the moment, there's really no confusion about what is going to be said and how this is going to be handled. Now, if you do have to call an audible, and I'm sorry, it's football season, so I'm sorry about (laughs) that. (laughs) But if you do have to call an audible, then you have to make sure that people already know that in the middle of a storm, I very well may have to call an audible. Yeah. So you can announce, this is my audible. Okay, now that I see what's going on, we're going to have to make a quick change. So everybody rally around, let's get together, and let's let, let's have this discussion. Right but now. again, Wayne, I think it's because of the confidence that you've built, that they've built and grown to understand in the leadership, and that's what you bring. Wow. Man, I've got a page full of notes here, Wayne. I'm so excited that you took time to be with us here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back after these messages. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. This is the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown, and I found Wayne Lynn, and I'm so glad I did. He's the Director of Electric Transmission Distribution Engineering and Operations for the Lansing Board of Water and Light. It's a big, long title with a big, big responsibility for a lot of people that are counting on Wayne and his team. And, you know, Wayne, as we think about the team, you've shared with us some really great gems in terms of things that are powerful in leadership But I wonder, one of the things that is important to me, I've been in some key positions and I never wanted to be what I would call the professional visitor, which means I'd go around and stop by somebody's cubicle and waste their time talking about the football game or this or that when they've got deadlines and other work to do. So tell me about the fine line of in the calm when things are not as chaotic are there some ways that you found building that confidence in the leadership and really getting people an opportunity to get to know you better? Absolutely. One of the things that I do in and out of the office is mentoring. I believe by far, out of all the different ways that you can develop a leader and all the ways that you can give them the tools to be successful and all the ways that you can help them understand the ins and outs and how the organization operates, It's through mentoring. People tend to want to hear from you. You're correct. 
being the professional visitor is not good unless you're able to convey what people need for their job development, for their lives, for what struggles they're dealing with, what challenges, and in helping them celebrate some of the things that they do very well. And in my professional life, it is not uncommon for me to have very frequent discussions with my employees that are not just simply about work. And it's very intentional. It's not by accident, but it's very intentional because I don't want them to care about how much I know, but I want them to know how much I care about them. Yes. And, when, and when that becomes very prevalent, people respond, people understand, people appreciate. And when they can appreciate and relax and give up themselves, they do a really good job and they grow. And mm. that's so important to leaders because sometimes leaders get so caught up in being called upon and delivering that sometimes they feel very uncared for, if that's a word. They don't feel like anybody really asks them about how they're doing. I got some leaders who will come in my office and they'll start talking. I say, oh, how are you doing? How's your family doing? You can just see them relax because I need that technical information they were going to give me. But what I also need them is to breathe. Yeah. I need them to have the moment and be in the moment so they can relax and give me exactly what I need, but also they get a little bit of what they need as well. Mentoring, in my opinion, explores and unpacks that for people. And then you have this wonderful, mutual, beneficial conversation and relationship that both of you walk away very refreshed and very well served. Well, and I think it's so interesting and powerful. When I think about mentoring, it's interesting because in my former life, Wayne, I directed a large sales force and all of the really great salespeople always would tell me how they did it all by themselves. And then the ones that failed always said, nobody trained me. And so I'm thinking, well, which one is it? And after a long time, I figured out that no one does it alone. You're accountable for your own success. And in the end, the ones that really have made it well is because somewhere along the line, somebody that meant something to those individuals came alongside to mentor them, lift them, and to direct them. And so the other thing I guess I'd love your reaction to, I had somebody once that said, I'm so frustrated my supervisor, he is just not a mentor to me. And I said, oh, you understand that that's not mutually the same, right? Right. mentors you need to go find. And if you have a supervisor that is a mentor, you hit the home run. You've got a really big blessing. And you don't even know it. Oh, tell me your thoughts on that. Well, I do a straight talk program every Monday afternoon from six to seven. And one of the things that we're talking in our men's straight talk is how do you find a good spotter? Because if you see a guy in the gym and he has a good physique, he probably takes advantage of a spotter. And a spotter is that guy that stands behind the bench press and, and gives you that confidence to lift weight that you probably wouldn't lift on your own. People will tell you that people who do weightlifting lift about 20 to 30 percent more when they know they have a spotter behind them yeah. than they lift alone. My point is this. Everybody can't be a spotter. Because when you look around the gym, you do look for certain people that you could ask to spot you. So you're correct. Just because somebody is your supervisor or your manager or your director does not mean that they can also spot you and or mentor you. So you do have to look around. And as mentors, 
we have to make sure that we match. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not always a one-to-one fit. And I know, and I've done it enough now to know what part of their lives I can fit in and what parts I can't. Because mm-hmm. there's some things that I can't identify with. And that's where I say it becomes mutually beneficial because I've learned a lot from my mentees. Oh, absolutely. Well, I've never heard of before yeah. because I was able to lay on the bench and let them spot me right. in areas where I never knew as well. Well, great stuff, Wayne. Oh, man, this is good. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. We're going to take a break and be right back. Perfectly managed meetings, carefully planned conferences, and beautiful beginnings. That's what you'll find at Treetops Resort. We have an ideal location just minutes from I-75 and over 25,000 square feet of meeting and convention space. No matter what you're planning, let our spectacular views, spacious lodging, and outstanding customer service show you why Treetops is Michigan's most spectacular resort. Get a no-hassle quote for your next meeting at treetops.com or call at 888-TREETOPS. This is the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. Wayne Lynn, Director of Electric Transmission Distribution, Engineering, and Operations for the Lansing Board of Water and Light is with us today. And man, I think you should have charged me for admission to this, Wayne. Um, I feel like I should be on the couch and you're my doctor. All kinds of really good things have happened in this conversation. One of my favorite topics outside of communication is the whole mentoring thing. And you just nailed it with so many different elements. Give me your thoughts on other items regarding mentorship and how it's meant the world to you in your life. Well, that's a very good point. Mentorship has meant a lot to me. I'm a product of many mentors in my life who have invested time and effort to make me the man that I am. And that's one of the reasons I helped put together the Turning Point of Lansing, which is a male mentoring group for young men 7th to 12th grade. And a lot of this is to provide meaningful relationships that spur growth and development, whether it is at home, at school, athletics, academics. We try our very best to be a very meaningful and a significant element of growth in our young men, but not just the young men. We also mentor our parents. We have a parent session. Mm, I love that. We bring parents in, and we have a counselor that works with our parents to give them tools to further the conversations and the interactions that we have with their young men. We also have a program where we help them find jobs. It's called Get a Job, Keep a Job. You know, it's easy to get a job. It's, easy, <laughs> it's, even, it's a little difficult to keep a job. Right. We teach them those job retention skills and how to handle their money. I mean, these are all kinds of things that, as I said about a mentee, a mentee is looking for those things that are gaps, that are questions in their minds, and we try to step in and answer some of those questions, particularly for young men that don't have fathers in their lives. That's a lot of our young men that's part of our program. We've enjoyed some of the young men that have graduated, and some of them are now, this tells my age, I had a conversation with one of my, what I call my sons, because I only have daughters. One of my sons who's 33 years old, Uh buying a house, and he was asking me, Mr. Lynn, I mean, 
what they're asking me to do this and what is all that about again still trying to pour into them those questions and those the questions change as they get older but the opportunity to help them cover those gaps stay the same so mm-hmm. i'm most excited we've been doing this now for over 20 years we've served over 1500 young men oh my and we have about 25 elders what we call mentors our elders we have about 25 elders that work with our program we're growing um, we're always looking for support and we're trying to do our very best our tagline is transforming boys to men oh wow what a noble cause let me ask you when you think about this whole process is there criteria so for example if i know a young man what are the elements that that young man, the characteristics, in order to be eligible for this program? To be in the 7th to 12th grade, we have no criteria. Wow. We've had young men that struggle with school. We have young men that are, are law students. And we have one of our elders now. He's in med school, but he was also a student in the program when he was a kid. Uh-huh. So we have the young man I was talking about buying a house. He's an attorney. We have people all over the nation. We have people in the armed forces. So we don't have any kind of criteria for young men. If a young man needs a mentor and he wants to be part of a group mentoring um, team, we are there for him. Wow. Well, listen, how do we get a hold of the organization? The Turning Point have a a website? Absolutely. We are the turningpointoflansing.org is all one word. You can go out and you can visit our website. Um, There's ways to donate. There's ways to participate. You can find applications to sign up as elders or mentors or as a sponsor or as a young man. You have a young man that wants to be a part of the program. We are always open and we never close our enrollment. We go from September until June every year. But you can join at any time. And we're in the second month of our new program year. Because we just started in September, and we're off and running. We already have about 50 young men in our program. Typically, we serve about 90. COVID, where we were all online last year, right. was, we served about 45. We were about half because, you know, kids just were Zoomed out by the time they got this time to participate. Well, I, I think the, we're back in person. We're already up about 50. We are just ready to serve. That's so exciting. I got to tell you, what a great day it was for Michigan when you came north. And I'm so glad that that uh, wintry day in March, all those years ago, didn't scare you away. And Wayne, let me just simply say thank you. Thank you for your leadership to uh, Lansing Border Water and Light, to the people that are counting on you to lead the way and light the way, but also for lighting the way for young men who truly, truly are on their way in their life's journey and that can use uh, somebody to illuminate the path ahead. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for inviting me, and I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Me too. All the best. Thanks so much to Wayne Lynn. Thanks so much for you for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Verschero. Can't wait to talk to you next time.